Hey there, you bunch of smashers. This is Sarah Milliken. Welcome to the Standard Issue Gigcast. In this episode, me and Standard Issue Deputy Editor Hannah Dunleavy had a fantastic time with Ashlyn B, Holly Walsh and Kate Thornton. We talked about angry emails, badges, dust busting and STD clinics. This episode was recorded in front of a live audience at Leicester Square Theatre in London. We're doing a whole bunch of these in London and at both the Cheltenham and Leamington Spa Comedy Festivals. We've got so many amazing guests. I'll just give you a list of them. Uh, Rebecca Front, Catherine Ryan, Stephanie Beecham, Joe Caulfield, Alex Jones, Jenny Clay, Olivia Coleman, Scarlett Moffat, Sally Lindsay, Jojo Moyes, uh, Izzy Sutty, and that's not even it, there's loads more. Check out the Standard Issue page of my website for some information about that, which is www.sarahmillican.co.uk forward slash standard hyphen issue. A bit of admin, just a quick reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to all of our podcasts on iTunes. And if you're interested in advertising with us, we'd love to hear from you. Email us, admin at standardissuemagazine.com. Also, if you enjoy what we do, tell a friend, tell your sister, tell your neighbour, tell your nan. Remember, you can visit our archive of articles at standardissuemagazine.com, follow us at Standard Issue UK on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Everything you hear is just our opinions, so don't get hit up, pets. Thanks. Right, that's my list ticked off. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Standard Issue Podcast. <laughs> Fab, thank you. Should we introduce ourselves? Hannah, would you like to start? I'm Hannah Dunleavy. I am... Of the Standard Issue podcast. That sounds like of. a bit, yeah. <laughs> I am of Standard Issue. That's a bit of Handmaid's Tale. Um, yes. <laughs> y- yes. Yesterday I was writing a story about Ofcom and it occurred to me that that just sounds really Handmaid's Tale and I've got to try and cram that in a joke somewhere. Ofcom. Ofcom, yeah. Anyway, that's me. Are we doing random facts as well? Do you want to do a random fact? Um, do I have to do a fact? Yeah, just a random fact. Oh, somebody... Yes! Yes! <laughs> I'll pay good money to be here. Oh, God. Um, uh, 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 hello, I'm Ashling. Uh, what's a random fact? Just about um, yourself, not like... Oh, about myself? Yeah, oh, God, yeah. I thought I'd be read silence. <laughs> it's like, um, um, stalactites always uh, are tight to the top of the cave, but mites might only reach the top of the cave if they grow long enough. Um... <laughs> What's a random fact about me? Uh, God, I feel like I'm on speed dating now or something like that. Um, well, I have a very open heart. <laughs> um, but not too open, not kind of scary open. Like, it's fine, whatever. If you don't want to text me back, it's grand. Um, uh, my mother's a retired jockey. <gasps> I, I like to gasp with that. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of <gasps> no, me too, sister. Do, do jockeys retire because they're too Get pregnant with old? Ashling? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, yeah, there's sort of... You hit a point with sport where I think you know if you're going to be excellent or if you're going to come second for quite a while. And so she... Um, uh, so, I, yeah, around kind of... She retired, coincidentally, around the same time she got, got pregnant with me. That was a lie I was told. Like, I didn't want to do it anymore. But now she trains jockeys and stuff like that, so... Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a great fact. Kate? Um, yes. Hi. Hi. I'm Kate. Um, and random fact, in 1995, I spent the summer uh, working off my student debt as a receptionist at a sexually transmitted disease clinic. <laughs> Oh my god. One person clapping. Thank you. You really don't want to give me a clap. (laughs) (laughs) Know exactly what to do with that. Um, It was was one of the most brilliant and uh, boring uh, experiences of my life. It was so boring, it made me really want to go and get a job that I loved, obviously. I thought you were going to say an STD. No, but yeah, it was, it was a like brilliant a insight into just how low men will go. Um, because this guy <laughs> came in. So I would sit on reception. So, and in the, afternoon, in the morning, it was a morning clinic. Um, I'd have all their files. And then, you know, the, the phone would be ringing off the hook. You know, hello, hello STD. And this, this guy, and, and just, just let me get your files. This guy, I'm not joking, for those listening to this podcast, three inches, yeah? The file. Yeah, <laughs> just to be really clear. Anyway, this guy comes in. I, I hand him his files; they're quite heavy. And then I watch him suck his. Um, wait, 
wedding ring off of his finger. And then as he comes back, having seen the doctor, passes files back to me and asks me on a date. I mean, would you? Mm. Chlamydia, gonorrhea. Oh, yeah, he had it all. Oh it was God. like a buffet. So and all you can eat of STDs. <laughs> Is that a, a good finger tip, buffet, then? if you a will? A finger buffet. <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself. I hate myself. <laughs> is that a good tip on finding out if a if a potential suitor is married? Is if to feel their wedding finger to see if it's damp? Yeah, <laughs> I would it's been say so. Recently sucked, then just leave them. I was I was shocked, and you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it 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 made me very distrustful of men for a while, as you would imagine. Did you go out with them? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Girl's got to eat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, Jesus Christ, no, no. Good fact, Holly. Uh, my name's Holly. Oh, right, you know that. And um, I, when I was six, I was on a television show for um, ch uh, children who were really into wildlife, and I was uh, on a t television show because I was obsessed with badgers. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I was um, sort of the badger spokesman for when I was six. Obsessed, in, uh, like in a healthy way? No, 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 no. In a, <laughs> I didn't have friends till I was eight way. <laughs> does that passion live on Apart today? Apart from badges, the badges were my yeah. friends. Holly, does your passion live on today? Of or? course, of course. Once a badger lover, no, huh? you're not a badger lover. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you should see my file. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a badger alive. Oh, what? Do you shoot? Do you shoot them or something? Yeah. You'd want to see Sarah's I'm coat. It's just like badgers, <laughs> a string of badgers. I'm always squished to the side of the road, right? Yeah, I've it is actually the, the biggest cause of death. Is is a uh, badgers? No, no. The biggest cause of death is cars. <laughs> the biggest cause of death on the road is badgers. badgers. <laughs> just running out in front of cars like the fucking idiots that they are. You've really yeah, held on. You've really held on to those stats, haven't you? Well, no, they just don't change. <laughs> <laughs> they just haven't changed since 1986. But hedgehogs would say the same. It's not. Oh God, that's my second favourite animal. Oh really? Yeah. Did I you used to leave milk out for them? Huh? Did you used to leave milk out for yeah, them? Yeah, you're not supposed to do that anymore. You're not supposed to leave milk. We used to well, leave they, out they milk and um, bread, you know, ripped up bread in it, and that's bad for them. Well, are they gluten and dairy intolerant? Yeah, they hate, they <laughs> hate croutons. They hate them. No, it's, it's I was supposed a, to be I really I was at a friend's bad. yesterday, and he's, he'd put some really lovely fences up in his gun. I said, lovely fences. And he went, look what I've done. And he'd, he'd created a hedgehog door. Right. Because apparently you shouldn't keep oh. them in the garden. They should be free to roam. So he created a little, a little kind of, you know, route out. It's lovely. Aww. I remember one time at school, our caretaker lawn mowed over a hedgehog. <laughs> it, it re he really rolled it flat. And it kind of, the grass, we only noticed. Like spatchcocked it. They, they really did. They kind of nandosed it. And um, <laughs> they really did. And uh, we only noticed when the grass started to grow up. And the hedgehog obviously didn't continue to grow up. We're like, oh, that's a hedgehog, not brown grass. Uh, I, I was going to say I've been to a sexual health clinic, but I haven't. I, I was asked to open uh, a sexual health clinic <laughs> on the Isle of Wight <laughs> a good few years ago. And the only reason I said no uh, was because it was too far away. <laughs> the Isle of Wight is really fucking far away. I love the idea that instead of cutting a ribbon, they just had a huge condom and made a tiny <laughs> hole and then everyone ran through. <laughs> 300 people. It. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you laugh? Let's start with Ashley. Oh, um, what makes me laugh? Um, my sister really makes me laugh. I think once you start working in comedy, it's hard to find genuine laughs anymore sometimes. Do you ever find that? That you see so much comedy and you're around funny people all the time that the difference, like what actually makes you laugh anymore can be a bit weird. Like, like, <laughs> you know, you're, like, you're so on like, your own here. Everyone's like looking at their shoes. Yeah, ev <laughs> everyone else is going. Well, if this is comedy, then it doesn't make me laugh anymore either. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe my sister. Is that an okay answer? That's everyone? A, that is an adequate answer. Thank you for it being adequate. <laughs> Let's go to Holly. <laughs> it's all right. Holly works in comedy, so yeah, I, I have a one and a half year old son though, so that is the funniest thing that's ever happened to that. me. That <laughs> aren't you supposed to say he or she? <laughs> <laughs> that are is the you? funniest thing. Are you? Oh man, <laughs> I need to. 
God, that's not good. I mean, he's good. Um, <laughs> no, I, um, I have to check. This is, I mean, there's so much poo involved in children, which we all know. We've all been children. We've all done lots of poos. And I have to check sometimes <laughs> to see if he's... So I say to my son, have you done a poo? And he says, no poo. And then you check. And he's saying, there is a poo, isn't there? There is a poo. And he's like, yeah. And then the other day, um, <laughs> I was uh, wearing a pair of trousers that were a bit big for me. And I was leaning forward on the bed. And my son was sitting on the bed behind me. And he came in. And the next thing I felt was two little fingers in the back of my, <laughs> my, back of my pants. And he went, no poo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had shot myself, but he couldn't see it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Kate? Um, I just, just sarcasm. I love it. I applaud it. I raise my son on it. Um, I, ju I just love sarcastic people. Oh, uh, do you really? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it, it never guarantees to not make me laugh or smile. Um, so, yeah, anybody with a sharp line in sarcasm... Yeah, will get me going. Sarah? I saw a thing today on the dog walk that made me laugh. It was uh, a dog shit, not my dog shit, because that was in a little bag in my hand, because <laughs> I'm a good parent. It was somebody else's, another dog, <laughs> presumably, uh, shit. And overnight, because it was quite an early dog walk, the, sl uh, the slugs had gone over it, <laughs> <laughs> and it looked... Beautiful. <laughs> it was like silvery and it looked like Christmassy, like somebody Christmassified a shit. And then my dog pissed on it. And that just really made me laugh that the dog was like, yeah, I'm going to add to this. Everybody else has added to this. That was quite a sweet thing that made me laugh this morning. Can I, can I ask you as a dog owner? Yeah. Because I don't, I don't have a dog. Yeah. But when we were kids, I remember everywhere we played, there was white dog poo, right? Does anybody else remember this? Yeah. Yes. Where's the white dog poo gone? I never see it anymore. What I think happened? People pick it up now, don't they? I also, heard this might sound really random, but I heard a member of East Seventeen talking about this already <laughs> and telling me that wait, a minute, it's coming in through my psychic powers that there was a campaign which removed the dog poo in the UK, the white dog poo away. Some but, kind of like. But what made Your it... Children will go blind. Be careful, kids. No, but and children can go blind with any colour dog poo. Really? There was yeah. something... No, there was something in Isn't it dog food that made it white for a couple yeah. of years. Isn't and they it were so is that what it was? I wanted but, to know what was the okay, secret I'll tell you sauce. What it is. I'll tell you what it is. In the 80s, there was a lot of cocaine going around the dog. <laughs> <laughs> it was coming in from a lot of places in South America. It was very easy to buy. It was sort of the yuppie puppy area, but, you yeah. know... Like, I always just thought it was because dogs used to eat more bones than they do now. Is that not what it is? I don't oh, think I thought that's it's just why it the been there for right. ages. No, because it was calcium Because people poo. didn't care in the old days. They just left their dog shit out. I bet you any money the EU came in, said you can't put this stuff in dog food, and once Brexit happens in 2019, you're going to be seeing a lot more of that oh. white dog poo around <laughs> the streets. I remember vaguely having a white, a white poo when I was a kid. <laughs> so whatever it was I'd like to know because I think I ate it as well it's what happens after three weeks at the fringe doesn't it not eating <laughs> any vegetables <laughs> getting, getting really really drunk and then you have a white poo and you have double to go double chip home. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, what makes you laugh what makes me laugh well I've answered this question about five times on stage and it's just occurred to me I've been rude enough not to say the people I work with who are very funny and my family who are very funny. My brother is an exceptionally funny person and my nephew is. Um, my granddad was incredibly good at telling stories. He was Irish. He had a, a real knack of telling stories and we all seem to just sit and learn how to tell a story from him. Mm. Um, on the other hand, my mum is terrible at telling a story and she's <laughs> so bad at telling a story. That in itself is funny. <laughs> <laughs> she once told me a story about how my, my godfather who is Italian, weirdly, um, had, had a heart attack while driving his car and crashed it. And she told me he was dead. And then after about 15 minutes and at the end of the story, she said, oh, and then he came back to life. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. 
yes. <laughs> and I said, whatever you do, when you ring my sister and tell her that story, can you put that he's still alive further up in the story? Because <laughs> it's important. <laughs> and my sister rang me about 10 minutes later and went, you never guess what she just rang and told me. And I said, she told you Jid was dead, didn't she? And she was like, yes. Oh my I was God. at, I had this, um, uh, people in Northern Ireland, I really love working in Northern Ireland because Northern Irish people have a really dark sense of humour because they've gone through the troubles and still found happiness and laughs. And I was going out with this lad from Derry and we were all sat around his house uh, at the kitchen table telling stories. They're like, oh my God, I remember one time we had this cousin and he decided to go up to the, um, to the hotel at, with his friend with a bomb in the back of the car. <laughs> now this will make you laugh, Ashlyn, because you like a laugh. So the two <laughs> of the boys... They go up in the car with the bomb in the back and he's in the back with the bomb and his friends are, oh God, now I'm going to cry now when I say this because it's so funny. He goes up and he's in the front of the car and then they're like, right, they detonate the bomb. The front guy legs it out and what's happened to our wee guy? Only he's only put the child lock on in the back of the car. <laughs> he's put the child lock on, Ashley, and I'm like, ah, lads, that's hilarious. And did you get out? No, we died. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, God, oh, God. And they were laughing away over this thing. God, the things you do when you're tired, just <laughs> awful. <laughs> oh, no, no. I have, a, I have a real tendency to miss the point of a story. Mm. Sarah told us a story once, and it was a really unpleasant <laughs> story, and it had a really horrible ending. Oh, and sorry. during the point of... During, during, during the, the thrust, you must remember this, during the thrust of the story, you mentioned that you don't really like cheese. And then when... How could when that go badly? The, when you finished the story, <laughs> there was a sharp intake of breath from everybody except me who went, what, you don't like cheese? <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. when I did a white shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, my mum my is the worst, though. She, I, I love my mum. She is the best person. But if she were to tell a story... She, they, she, the, I'm doing it now, but she elongates it. It's not, if she was telling that bomb story, she'd be like, so they took the A26, no, sorry, the <laughs> A, they took the A26 and they were in a Saab. I think it was a Saab. Was it a Saab? All this information that you think, yeah. God, that's, that's get a, on that's with a, it. That's a general mum thing. They yeah. do that. So I said to Sally, you know Sally, don't you? No, I don't know Sally. You know Sally. Yes. But no, I don't. <laughs> you know you, Sally. You she, do know her. You're just in denial. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, Sally no, no, my mum would be like, you know Sally. She had the extension on the back of her house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one, oh, that's Sally. The one, the one with the kitchen island. <laughs> I told you about that last week. You're like, yeah, great. You anyway, know, she's, she's dead. She's got bifolding <laughs> doors. They usually, they usually are dead. My mum once <laughs> told me a story in which she said, yeah, you do know them. He had one eye and ran a sweet shop. <laughs> <laughs> He's what a now. person to forget. Yeah. Hello, kids. <laughs> I'm I never going to forget I, you or I, remember you. I just put a licorice roll in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just one little apple drop rolling around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, is, there is something inherently funny about fam family and the people that you grow mm, up with. And, yeah. it's, and I think sometimes humour can be really local. And I went, to, went home a couple of weeks ago. I'm from Cheltenham in Gloucestershire. And, um, and I was reminded of just some of the brilliant nicknames that were assigned amongst our family when we were growing up. And there was this, this kid, I will not give his real name because that would be really unkind, um, but when he talked, he talked out of the corner of his mouth. So you go up to him, you say, you're all right, 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 you're all right. But this, 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 the left side of his mouth never opened. It was just like Popeye. And he is, I still don't know what his actual real name is. He will forever be to us Luke Sidetalker. <laughs> and it's just... The imagination in Cheltenham is really on the hook. Yeah, but I, I just like love it. him. And even, you know, that was something that happened when he was like 13, right? He's in his 40s now and we're still going, oh my God, Luke, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Poor sword. What are the best and worst things about your work and life? My working life, the best things are this. Uh, genuinely, the female comedy community is quite lovely. And we have a real great gang of pals. And we all touch in with each other. I mean, I've got 17 WhatsApp groups on the, on the go at the moment. It's very, it's very stressful. Um, <laughs> we discuss all of our issues and texts. Um, 
But uh, I love the, the community that we have, especially in the female comedy community. I love that. And it's a real joy because this job can be... The bad side is quite lonely a lot of the time. Mm. You're traveling a lot on your own. And even like this is rare, doing a show. So when we finish this show, we'll all come off and go, oh, did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy that? Normally when you're on your own, if you come off stage and go, did I enjoy that? Are you me? Are you my only friend? People think you're really weird, so you can't do that. Um, but you don't get to experience a show with anyone else mm. and that mm. that's sort of like I'm, I miss that about acting that you don't get to sort of have uh, someone on, on stage with you to sort of share stuff so that'll be the bad part of it but the on my on my first tour uh, mm. for the first half of it I, it was just me I didn't have a tour manager and there's no need there's no yeah. reason and I had exactly that I'd come off stage and I'd be like did it go did it go well was it okay I think it was okay and I sort of thought about mm. maybe bribing the sound tech in every venue with like a Twix. Yeah. <laughs> Just so that they'd look friend. up from their fucking phone at the end of the show and say, you all right? <laughs> but I just yeah. had no communication with anybody at all. And you, can't, you odd, really can't tell. I mean, you can really tell t when there's silence that you're doing a terrible job. But in general, you can't, like you've, you've no other person to sort of wind your head down a lot of the time. So that, that can be the mm. hard part I went in a in Reading. Have you done Reading? Is it South Street Art Centre? You done it? Yeah, a little. It's yeah, little yeah. Back street, I yeah. asked for a table just for me bottle of water because I found if I bend down to get me water off the floor, all of my bellies came out, my jeans, and I had to like tuck them back in again. So it's easier just to have the water <laughs> at a good level. And I said, could I have a, a table for my water? And the only table they had, because I should have asked ahead of time, uh, was the sort of table you could have sat like twelve people around. <laughs> <laughs> And it took, it took up most of the stage. I love it. It's you in the Last Supper. <laughs> and I just balanced my water on the edge. Uh, but it was, it, when you talked about a quiet, it was such a quiet audience <laughs> that I heard a woman open her crisps. <laughs> Not eat God. them, fucking open them. <laughs> <laughs> it's also if you spend too much time on your own this is what I find like even today I was a bit nervous about coming and doing this because I spent all day on my own in the house and like it's sometimes like when the Amazon man or whoever comes to deliver a parcel I'm like hello welcome and you're like oh, dial it back a bit dial it back your volume's too loud because he'll be the first human I've spoken to during the day and even now I'm like I, I was scared I'd get on microphone and they'd be like oh so what makes you laugh I'd be like cornflakes ha 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 what are you saying Ashling? that doesn't make any sense everyone's staring at you why didn't you just go to the post office or something and talk to someone today. The post office is closed out against a Sunday. No one knows what you're talking about. You're mad. Ah! So <laughs> you do need other humans to talk to during the day. It's not natural. <laughs> Thank you. Kate, what are the best and worst things about your working life? Uh, oh, God, the best things are I mean, just the fact that no two days really are ever the same. Mm. And I, I get this, this kind of lovely position that I'm in where if, if I'm interested in somebody, I can normally find a way to kind of um, wrap a show around it and just have that as an excuse to be really, really nosy, um, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, so I love, I love that. I love, I love the fact that I get to to be alongside people that are really inspiring, intelligent, um, make me want to kind of open my head a bit more, try a bit harder to be less less than I am and a bit more than I could be. Um, and the worst bits. We've just been, we just had a quick, we had a quick bowl of noodles before we came here. It's a funny old game, ours. You know, mm. it's um, famine and feast. Um, you're at the whim of so many people's personal tastes and delectations that um, I think sometimes that can be, that can be tricky. And you, you know, you have to, you have to grow a very thick skin or a kind of fuck it attitude because otherwise you just end up really doubting yourself the whole time. And I never wanted to be somebody that had slumped shoulders. So I, I, I spend a lot of time trying to keep my shoulders up. And then these days, my chins. <laughs> 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 of which, if anybody needs some, I've got loads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that, yeah, the, the, I, I think it's, it's a real mix of the two. Um, and I, and I, but I do, I still get a kick out of it. I still love the fact um, that somebody actually pays me to do this stuff. I mean... I walk and talk for a living. It's really not that complicated. We all do it if we're blessed <laughs> with good health. Yeah. And a tongue. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do again, Kate? Actually, when you boil it down, the answer is really not that much. <laughs> yeah. Get around with your tongue out. Holly? Oh, there's so much good stuff. Um, I've been really lucky this year that I've done a lot of writing and so we've sort of seen, I've seen like, a lot of stuff that I've spent months and months writing 
being filmed this summer and stuff and that's been amazing because you sort of think that is something when I was a kid if I apart from you know saving badges I would have absolutely (laughs) (laughs) if you'd have told me that people would be acting out scripts that I'd written and things uh, it's just mind-blowing and then the one of the worst things and I think this is sort of a bigger thing is is the sort of equal pay thing I still feel really upset Mm. and strongly about that not not you know not even that I don't feel that I do or don't get equal pay but I I think as role models go and as um, everything that's come out recently with the BBC and everything I just think this is such a dumb system that we live in where that's not all right and I just recently had it with um maternity pay that um if you're self-employed and you get pregnant and you're a woman you get certain amount of help but not did I say that wrong that's right isn't it self-employed and pregnant as a woman yeah I guess men can't get pregnant they'd be like (laughs) I mean that would be incredible that would be I mean that would be benefit fraud but um (laughs) You know, like you don't. You know, there's so much that it doesn't really help. If you if you don't have, if you're not employed by an employer, and you get pregnant, you're really l- sort of left to do it on your own. And I think that that's something that really needs mm. to change. I mean, again, I was lucky because I did work th- through my pregnancy, and then I did work very shortly after I had a kid. But I think for other yeah, people, when you're, when you're self-employed, you do feel that pressure. To yeah, do and that. I think I a lot of women who 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 definitely are trying to build a business or trying to be enterprising and things just aren't getting that support, mm. which seems mad to me because I think, again, it's just another example of not letting women go out there and try and do their own thing and be their own boss and everything like that. It's like, you know, get a proper job, try and get one with a good contract. It might not be a job you want to do, but it'll help you because you'll be able to get maternity pay and stuff. When really women should be like, well, I want to follow my dreams and do whatever it is I want to do. But now I feel like I'm on question time. But, you know, no, I no, think there's... <laughs> it's, it's really disappointing to think that in this day and age, we live in a very, you know, a developed, a developed part of the world that there is still a significant difference between what a man and a woman can get paid for doing exactly the same job. Mm. And there's no other way of, of dressing up. It is utter bullshit. Mm. Mm. Agreed. <laughs> Hannah, do you want to do this one or are you bored of doing the best and worst thing? Um, no, I mean, this is the best thing about doing, about my job. Oh. It's, yeah, it's good. I, I, I mean, I have an ideal job, an ideal job for me. I spent 90% of my time in my pyjamas. And I spend the other ten percent of my time on stage saying "cunt." I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally a dream job for me. Um, yeah. Is that what, when you went to see your careers advisor at school? Is yeah, that that's what you put on your list. What is it I can do that's gonna? Um, yeah, it hadn't been invented yet, but yeah. I, th- I think it's what. what I mean, it's, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? Because when I mean, I've done comedy before. I don't do it anymore. And the thing about comedy is, you get that instant like p- these people like me or they don't like me. But I have written for years and years. And now social media means that people can tell you if they like what you've written almost immediately. And that is a blessing and it's a curse. I mean, Mm. in some ways, you know, when people say, oh, this is like, well, you know, people feel the need to tell you this is shit if they think it's shit, which is, yeah, they're they're entitled to that opinion, of course. But, you know, when suddenly you see Sharon Horgan retweeted that, you think, oh, Sharon Horgan retweeted something I wrote. Yeah. She read it, she liked it. it. That's a really good feeling. I rang my brother once at four o'clock in the morning and I said, it's really important. And he woke up and he was like, what? What is it? And I said, Mike Judge has followed me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, okay, yeah, that seems quite important. Yeah, thanks. I recently had um, someone send me on my Facebook page um, a private message um, saying that I was a stupid Irish gypsy knut and they'd spelt cunt wrong. And I was like, mwah, mwah, mwah. Mwah, happy, happy day. And I was like, oh, gooded for you, mate. What a time to have a typo. <laughs> I was really happy with it as well. I was like, <laughs> what a knut. What about you? Um, brilliant. <laughs> I think it's sort of similar to what Holly said about what I love about my job is that um, when I, I started writing when I was about 17 and for ages, like nobody like read it. I didn't show anybody. And now the fact that I can write something and it can either, you know, it can get printed or it can be, you know, I've written a book, which is crazy. It, it, that the thing is, I suppose it's the it's the the time that I've spent sort of building up, you know, a, sort of a profile, if you like, for want of a better word, that I now, when I write something, somebody wants to read it. Where in the past, that was always a nervous thing, because when you write, it's so 
I write such personal stuff that it's terrifying when you hand it over. And it's, it, that hasn't changed in the slightest. Like, I've had to hand my proof uh, of a copy of my book out to various people to read, and it absolutely makes me <laughs> shit my pants. But the fact that people are reading it feels like the, the difference. Um, so I, I kind of, I think it feels more worth but it. But don't you get a buzz from just finishing? Uh, and the older I get, the more I just enjoy finishing things, whether they're good or bad or not. Mm. I just think having actually an item in my hand, like mm. holding your book in your hand, it's an object, it's a thing now. Like there's, it, it's, it's not just an idea. It's not like, oh, one day I'd like to write a book. I, I think we all worry a bit too much that the thing we're going to make is going to be crap or not. And I think in a way, don't worry about that. Just get to the end of the project and then look at it, uh, print it out and look at it or, you know, film it or do whatever you have to do. And it's such a nice feeling just to go, well, I did it. Even if it's shit, I did it. And that Cheryl feels Sandberg, good. Cheryl Sandberg, who's a Facebook CEO, has a thing which is like, done is better than perfect. Which is how I approach my love life. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, it's, um, <laughs> but it is true. Like we're always trying to make something so perfect and then it'll be finished. And then when this happens, that'll be fine. And then, and actually there is no, mm. I have to recommend um, this book I'm reading at the moment. It's absolutely amazing. You'll it's never really finish my it. Life. Anyway. Um, I'll never, I mean, it's, I've got the rough gist from the first two pages. <laughs> um, but it's by this, I'm sure you might've seen her TED Talks, Brené Brown. So Brené Brown's TED Talks have been the most watched TED Talks that there have been. And I think it's very indicative of what's going on in society right now in that one's about vulnerability and one's about shame. And the book I'm reading, it's really, it's one of those, I do, I, um, ironically for a book about shame, I'm really too embarrassed to read it on the tube because it, it's, <laughs> it's called The Gifts of Imperfection. How to be yourself without trying to be anyone else. And then it's got like a dove on it and you're like, ah, shite, it could have had like just a picture of like a grass or something, you know, to cover it up. Um, so you're not on the tube going, mm-hmm, I'm working on myself. Um, <laughs> but it's, the whole book is so beautiful and it's all about shame and vulnerability. And when you put something out, the biggest fear is, oh, I'll be shit. The biggest fear with anything, like why some people say, oh, you're very brave to do stand-up. People aren't brave to do stand-up. It's just you've, you've, you've gotten rid of the bit of yourself that's really so scared of looking like an idiot that you, you decide to keep going with it. Like you plough ahead despite still having a fear of being an mm. idiot. And that feels like it's the biggest thing in our society that we're so afraid to show our vulnerability and admit that we might be a bit of an idiot or that we might be embarrassed or ashamed of something. And it's permeating everything in society now. We put filters on our photos. I definitely love to do. Um, and that we're afraid to kind of in any way display any sort of ugliness in ourselves. And this book is just like plowing through all of that with me. I really recommend everyone to read it, men and women, um, because in one of her talks, she talks about how we, uh, we have a lot of shame as women and we're constantly shamed. And do you look like this? And do you fall over? You're not being perfect. But men are actually shamed quite a lot as well. And she, she said she talked to this one guy who came up to her and he said, I know what you mean about women being constantly shamed, but my wife would say to me, that I need you to be the strong person. I can't see you be weak. I need you as the woman looking after the kids. I need you to be strong. And that doesn't allow men to be, to, to, to appear what we call weak or vulnerable in any way. And it's just this beautiful book all about vulnerability and displaying vulnerability. For example, uh, in this moment, like there's a real pressure when I'm on stage that you have to be funny in every moment and to decide to say something where you feel like, oh, this might not end in a joke. That's kind of a vulnerable position to put yourself out in, but then you might say something that might actually mean something. And uh, that's what a lot of the book is about. And it's just beautiful. So please go and watch our TED Talks. Sort of leading off that, one, the thing I, one of the things Kate and I were talking about that I don't like about my job is, is uh, being judged on your appearance, which I've talked mm. about on these podcasts before. But I did a, a gig yesterday um, up in my hometown in South Shields, and it was... Um, uh, just me and another comic called Jason Cook just sitting on a stage and it was sort of I think we, he tried to call it dicking about but they wouldn't let us put that in the brochure <laughs> of the, the theatre so it was called like chatting which is not as good but I was really looking forward to it until I was told there was a photographer coming and that made me instantly think oh now I've got to do my hair properly and I've got to put yeah. proper makeup on and, and I hate the idea that anything that happened in that hour uh, however funny we both were and how entertaining the hour was for the audience would be condensed down into a photograph of what I see as a fat woman in a chair and it really pissed me off and when I got there and I'd done my fucking hair and I'd done my fucking face and he went oh yeah photographer's not coming anymore and I was like yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> just rub all that makeup I remember in this very room 
uh, I did Richard Herring's podcast and we had a lovely time but I'd had a bit of a bad winter as after a breakup and I kind of it was just cold and I really hate the cold so I put on every piece of clothing I owned but I kind of slouched out big old cardigan jumper my big winter boots and I sat there on stage and I was doing a podcast which is for people's ears and the audience and this won't make any sense for anyone listening to this but I kind of sat in the chair and he'd give me a big bag of minstrels not the old-fashioned racist thing but like the chocolates <laughs> and um, a big bag of minstrels which I thought was an odd gift um, but I was sitting there eating these galaxy minstrels and really like you know I'd let my head go back into my neck where it's comfortable sat there like this eating these minstrels with this kind of cardigan down around it barely put on any makeup it was after a breakup and I was just sitting like this going ah oh, yeah well that's how I feel Richard and that's it and then I had no idea that the whole podcast had been filmed and yeah, and I don't watch anything. Like, I really don't watch anything I do. But someone sent me a link to this podcast, and they were like, ha ha, you love minstrels or something like that. And I'm like, what is he talking about? Uh, how did he know? And I just clicked, and it was a YouTube link. And there I was, sat in the back of the chair, squashed head like this for like an hour, or however long the podcast was. And I felt really, <laughs> really embarrassed, because if someone had told me, I would have just sat up, and then it's there for all the annals of time to watch. But also someone underneath it had written like, Something like, why does Ashing look like a stressed out single mother on benefits? Or something like that. And I, I wouldn't mind it, but it was a perfect description of how I looked. <laughs> like, it was so just... It was really great. I'm like, yeah, if I was a costume designer, that's how I'd make her look. <laughs> Eating a bag of minstrels, looking stressed and every, sad. Every time I do the one show, uh, during one of the, the clip, the video clips that they put, and somebody runs over to me and says, set up straighter! Because apparently I just get so excited that I'm there that I just get really comfy and I slouch yeah. down and, and the boobs become the belly and the belly becomes the fanny and the, yeah. and the chins are everywhere. Yeah. And, and apparently I'm too comfy for telly. <laughs> which would be nice. Um, That'd be really funny if everyone else on the sofa and you're just on this really hard chair at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Strapped in. Just on a, <laughs> on a bar stool at the end. <laughs> in one of those Hannibal Lecter type things. Right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Just in a straight jacket. Would you like... I, I mean, I'm assuming we all grew up in the 1970s slash 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to be a young person growing up now or a young person growing up when you were... We talk about this a lot, actually, because I've, I've got a nine-year-old son. I think it's hard now to be a kid. Um, so, no, I wouldn't. I liked, I liked my childhood. That was hard enough in as much as, you know, girls can be absolute bitches sometimes, can't they? And they can also be amazing, but I didn't have particularly brilliant experiences at school at the hands of some, you know, some of the girls there and some of the girls that were there are still my greatest friends to this day. Um, but I think when you put into the mix social media and the pressures that kids are under now. Uh, no, I wouldn't. And I fight really hard to try and keep my son away from all of that um, and just keep saying to him, just go in the garden and kick a ball. Just just get off, you know, the, mm. the, reduce that, that kind of device time because there's years for that. And, you know, the kids at his school uh, are already kind of talking... And this is boys talking about six packs and weight and he comes home feeling bad about himself and you're going, what? You're, you're nine years old. You shouldn't even be able to spell weight. Well, well he should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but which one? That's the problem, right? Is it W-A-I-T or W-E-I-H-D? Anyway, um, yeah, so no, I think it's hard. I don't think I would want to be, and I certainly wouldn't want to rewind the clock either and be a younger, my younger self again either. Um, no. That, that was, it, yeah, no. Especially not like, you know, being like eight in your teenage years again or your early 20s. Yeah, Especially when you think you know it all and you know, fuck all. Then you're just annoying. <laughs> Ashlyn, how old are you now? You're quite young, aren't you? Me, I have a casting age of 13, but I am 33. <laughs> <laughs> you're what, you're 31? Well, I like that. I might have a casting age. Yeah, 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 I have a casting. I, like, I actually look like a young lamb on oh. camera. <laughs> you, you may be growing up strange. in the 90s. Very strange. But what would your Isn't casting I... age be, seriously? Yeah, probably between 27 and 35. Or like in maybe one more year, I'll got, be an I've, old witch. I've got an Oscar-winning part for a 26-year-old, so I guess... Oh, uh, wait now, let me... Sorry. Uh, maybe one bottle of water. If I hydrate, maybe I can get it back. <laughs> <laughs> Please cast me, Holly. I'm so hydrated. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I grew up sort of at the tail end of 1980s Ireland and early 90s Ireland. So uh, I would I choose... I wish you said <laughs> tail end of 1980s Ireland and <laughs> 1990s Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> so myself, uh, we're very much a beach people and are... <laughs> would I change the floral necklaces to real flowers like we had back in my childhood? Yes. None of this plastic shit. Um, uh, but yeah... The, they were the best of Honolulu times. They were the worst. I um, I grew up in, yeah, tail end of 1980s Ireland, which was the Troubles. Um, and Ireland was like this uh, very um, odd place to be, maybe. But being a kid in it, post then uh, river dance and all of a sudden we were like these welcomed dancing idiots around the place and the culture just <laughs> shifted and then I was a teenager around the Good Friday Agreement so a real weird historical period but and that's I you don't even like give boys own a mention mm. well boys own obviously they were the key to my life but um, <laughs> they uh, it, it was a very odd time I look back now and I would have loved to have grown up now uh, Ireland was a very dark place in many ways and I was mm. a kid during it suicide was decriminalised in 1989 divorce came in in 1995, gay marriage came in two years ago but being gay was only decriminalised in 1992 you couldn't get a condom without prescription until 1992 I think as well and that legacy of secrecy and shame and stuff still still is only trickling out now but I had no access to like how many, how many young girls are here in under say 25, give us a shout we would just see, like I mean, I had no access to come and listen to women speaking, mm. it, just on podcasts. Um, uh, there was no podcasts then. That was probably with the main or reason internet. I didn't listen to them. Yeah, and the internet. And so I know all the stuff about pressure and Instagram, and that's something we don't know yet. It's an unknown thing. But in terms of how the country I've come from has changed, has been so crazy that I I I would love to maybe. Um, have not had all that baggage, that Catholic baggage growing up. Mm. Um, they literally give you a big bag of crosses to kind uh. of carry around. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, how, but how brilliant that you've lived through such monumental change and that in your lifetime so much has happened. So that much has happened. Has yeah. been, it's been cast aside because mm -hmm. it is not relevant. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it like shouldn't be The abortion be debate in Ireland, like, abortion is, is still illegal in Ireland and every single day 12 Irish women leave Ireland to go and get an abortion outside still. of Ireland. Still, every single day. Not the I same 12 though oh it no. is Sarah every, they go out and they go back they always like leave their passports according to the Daily Mail very, it's the same 12 um, yeah. they never learn they they're never out there learn. flaunting so it's Mary, <laughs> Teresa, Siobhan, <laughs> Niamh. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to belittle Sinead. it. I just went for the joke. Not sorry. at all. Um, <laughs> but like that, like I can't, like I can only imagine what it's going to be like in maybe 20 years time when we look back at that and go, God, it's just, it's still in the Irish constitution. It's written in that I, women, women can go and get a job as long as they don't neglect their duties in the home. And that's in our constitution. Are you joking? No. And Are that's still, serious? and we're like, ah, we couldn't change it. But who was the time for admin? Um, so a, a lot of that I feel like it's, it's but it's, it's breaking wow. and I, the, the one good thing if there, it sort of feels like a hopeless time at the moment but I do feel the, 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 the sort of good thing that with, with, with something like say Donald Trump being president and if you look at The Handmaid's Tale I'm not sure if you guys have watched it but it's an amazing show but it feels like there's a crack forming in all the things we used to find precious and scared to talk about and it started with the Women's March and people were like oh what did it actually achieve it achieved young girls going out and being vocal I didn't go out and march I wasn't vocal about politics when I was in my teenage years we just sort of kept silent and got on with it and it feels like a change is coming because we're not going to fucking put up with it anymore and that feels like we're all getting together and battening down our hatches for something kind of bigger to make mm. proper changes and if there's any good to come out of that that's that's sort of mm. what it feels like so yeah I would I would I wouldn't mind being a kid now growing up with that in my that sort of like mm. armor in my in my in my bag where would you keep your armor <laughs> in your bag where, where do those guys keep their armor <laughs> holly holly oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. i wouldn't uh, i mean we were lucky uh, i'm lucky that i was brought up in a really you know pretty progressive country in the 80s and 90s and you know gay marriage and everything you've said you know has always been a big um important milestones have been achieved and everything i do worry about the internet exactly what you're saying kate and um, I'm just grateful that I was alive in a time when things could be deleted and nobody recorded it and stuff. You know, yeah. like, even what did you do? 
Oh, you, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't work Some of the stuff I said about the Fox community. I was so militant badgers at the time that I look back and I, I've mellowed now, but I had some strong feelings about foxes. But I... Um, <laughs> no, even now, you know, even now, I remember reading an article about Chris Rock and he was saying that when he was writing a lot of those formative routines, you know, those incredible ones which are really about, you know, all the civil rights stuff and everything. And um, he, he said if he was doing it now, working it out... Um, and people were taping it, he would hate for that to go out. And I, even now, I mean, there's, there's jokes that I've done that I've looked back on and thought I sh could have changed that, but it's already out there and there's nothing mm. I can do about it. And my intentions, I feel like, were really good in mm. the reasons why I wrote those jokes, but then I watch them and I think, oh, I listen to them back and I think, mm. yeah, I could have tweaked that a bit. That probably could have been said in a better way or whatever. And I wish sometimes that there was an opportunity to delete stuff or take stuff down if you didn't want it up there. And I, I think that a lot about kids you know what you do as a teenager there's so much stuff that i'm just that so is happening oh. though the law is coming in to anything your internet life pre-18 sure, is sure. Deletable. it's just happening very slowly yeah. but even it. as an adult i mean maybe it's because we're in the we're sort of we do jobs on tv and radio and stuff but there are things that i think oh i just changed that a bit or whatever yeah, i mean I, I adore the internet i think it's an amazing way we live in a, the most connected world now and it's fantastic but you're right to be held accountable for a view that you had at 16 yeah but even, I mean, I'm not even, I don't even think it's at 16. I think we're all entitled to change our views about things and we're all mm. entitled to yeah. say things in a clumsy way and then say, uh, uh, that's not yeah. how I meant it, but mm. I've already said it and it's already out or whatever. You know, things like that, I think that's what I struggle a little bit with in modern times. And also I'm one of those terribly paranoid people who Google, you know, having, you know, kids and stuff. I Google stuff and I think there should be a bit more... And I know this is money, but people on the internet who are sort of adjudicators or whatever, you know, for example, when you've had kids or when you're pregnant and you think, you Google, oh, I did this, is this a really bad thing? And there's 15 people online going, you're an idiot, well done, you've screwed up your kid's life forever. Mm. And I wish that there was just a few more doctors online going, actually, it's probably not that bad, I wouldn't worry too much yeah. about it. And I think the internet is great for information, but it's also great for just spiralling. I mean, I kind of have really taken a step back from using the internet and I took myself on a lot, off a lot of social media and things because I just thought this is no good for my mental health and I think mm. there should be a bit more help with helping people use the internet it, I mean this is also down to my crazy brain but you know you can you can really get stuck in the internet and it can be a really negative place and I'd hate mm. the idea that my kids would read something mm. and then think oh. oh this is true and now I'm going to mm. really worry about it and you, all you need to do is say you were just googling the wrong page yeah. that's not what this well, is when they Google, one of the scariest things that ever happened to me was when my nephew just decided to say apropos of nothing I googled you yesterday and I went oh, fuck <laughs> and I was like what did you find? And he said, um, some, some videos of you when you did comedy. And I thought, what the fuck was I saying? Um, and I, it, I mean, he's not going to find anything terrible, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of people who do have kids probably mm. don't think that one day they're oh, going no, to I, sit yeah. there and just no, type no, that name yeah. into no, Google. It's, it's terrifying. My son, his father and I are separated. Uh, so when he's at his dad's, um, he, he came home one weekend and he went, I was really missing you this weekend, so I Googled you. And I just went, oh, oh, God. And he said, I saw you with Matilda's daddy. Matilda's daddy is Lee Francis. And it was a sketch that I'd done on both Selector years ago where I was interviewed by a bear with a massive hard-on. <laughs> <laughs> Try explaining that. <laughs> I know what you're all saying. You're all. I think you're all right about the about the internet. But uh, <laughs> similar true. to how you said about all, you could look at wrong answers. You yeah. can also now look at right oh, answers. Yeah. So I once ate a whole pineapple. Um, <laughs> Sarah, and it Sarah, skinned Sarah. it. Skin and, and yeah. No, no, it didn't have the fancy head on and stuff. No, no. <laughs> but I asked on Twitter because I think is I was going away the next day and I didn't want to waste the rest of the pineapple because it was going to have to go in the bin. So I just thought, oh, it's really nice. I'm just going to eat it. <laughs> and I asked on Twitter, like, what? Just you know, of asking for a friend. Um, <laughs> what happens to somebody if they eat a whole pineapple? And somebody, one of my followers, uh, who is a doctor, thankfully, replied and said, you'll just get the shits. <laughs> uh, but pre-internet, I would have just been surprised by the shits. <laughs> 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 
But in a world of internet, I could take spare trousers with me. <laughs> we had the same problem growing up in Hawaii. The amount of pineapples we would eat. <laughs> would you like to be a young person nowadays, Sarah? Um, in some, mm, in some ways, no, because I think uh, I was bullied at school. No surprise there. Uh, but I think when I came home and we just shut the front door, that was all the bullying stopped for the day. Where now, because of phones and yeah. Facebook and stuff, it continues. And I think it must be horrendous. But in other ways, like paper chase didn't exist when I was a kid. <laughs> And like, I never really got the full benefit of Claire's accessories. <laughs> <laughs> so for those reasons, I would like to grow up now, please. <laughs> what would your superpower be? My super, well, I don't know if it's a superpower, but um, everyone always comments how ridiculously quick I go to the toilet. And that's got to be really one, helpful in things like, both. you know, one, yeah, zombie apocalypses, stuff like that. Sorry? Ones or twos? How many pineapples yeah. a day are you eating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, like, we'll be in the pub and I will say I'm going to the toilet and then I'll come back and everyone will go, fucking hell, what the... Well, is that because you don't wash your hands? Um, no, I've come to Do you not buy Chupa Chups when you're in there, have a little spray perfume? <laughs> what, what uh, yeah, I've come to conclusions because I don't look in the mirror. I just go in, have a wee, wash my hands, come out. I, I can't see the point of looking in the mirror when you're out. You know, mm. you just... Well, I mean, I look, I look in the mirror before I leave the house and the chances of me looking better further on in the evening <laughs> are virtually, virtually zero. So just keep that memory in your mind of what you well, look I've like. Don't look in the mirror and go on. We've got a mirror. To, so the last mirror that you can see before you go out the front door is about this sort of size. So it's kind of, it's a bit slightly longer than A4, let's call it that. Uh, and it has three different moustaches sort of painted yeah. on. So the last thing I do before I go out of the house is work out which Tash looks best with this outfit. Yeah. And I think that's I quite, that. a good, yeah. it's quite good for me. I have trouble because a friend of mine put the mirrors up in my house and he's like six foot and I'm five <laughs> foot. So I can only really see the top of my head in most of the mirrors in my house anyway. So you can wee really quickly. I can well wee done, really Hannah. quickly and I'm pretty sure that in times of crisis that will be helpful. Kate, what is your superpower, love? Probably goes back to the STD clinic. Uh -oh. <laughs> well, you can sense them. You can <laughs> sense a married man. I can man. spot them a mile off. <laughs> you got nothing on me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at her now. I'm seeing it. It's oh. gonorrhea. Oh, it's going to back. Silent but deadly. Um, it's gonorrhea. Do, do you know what? I don't, I don't think I have a superpower. But I do have one, I have one thing that when I get it in my hands, I automatically get a massive sense of calm. So it's, it's a bit like my kryptonite. <laughs> just assume it's a penis, I'm sorry. It's really not. <laughs> oh, I'm what so calm. It it's, it's a dust buster. A dust, oh, I love a dust buster. Love oh. it. The other day I thought it had broken and I literally, it was like having no Wi-Fi. I was like, what, what, what do you mean? What, what, what? It must be the battery. And I was Googling like how to fix a dust buster, brackets, pet version. Don't even have pets. Just want that extra hard clean. <laughs> I bloody love that. It was my 40th birthday present to myself, and it's a Dyson. I didn't scrim. I'd had the Black & Decker. I thought, do you know what? You're 40 years old. You're worth more than that. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I spent... I mean, I've, I've not even spent this much money on shoes. It's over 250 quid, the pet version. Oh it's deluxe. God. Is it very lightweight? So light in your hands, sir. I can't tell you. <laughs> You should definitely work for Anne Summers. That's you all really I say. <laughs> With this chat, you don't need batteries. It's light in your hand. It's easy to clean. It's light in your hand. You sneeze if you push it to your nose. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what they make you do, isn't but it? But you know what? If you no. did, I could clean it up in no time. <laughs> I've got every extension possible. All the attachments. Everything. I mean, it, it, the size it grows to is unbelievable. So <laughs> So your superpower is dust buster. I love that. <laughs> My superpower is that probably I will grow older the dust buster because I'm so honestly I am so obsessive. My best mate came from school, came to stay for the last three days, and when we left, she was just like, seriously, you just need to have a little word with yourself about the dust buster. <laughs> <laughs> because she was, she, you know, I put her in in the in the spare room up, the, up at the you know on the top floor of the house, and she said, quarter to eight in the morning, I. Had zzz, zzz, zzz. <laughs> And the poor was kids... It, was that definitely the dust buster? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what two, I told her. A bottle of wine at 11.45 at night, dust busting. Yeah. 
Have you started accidentally, like fake accidentally, uh, sprinkling oh. things on the ground just to give it another go? <laughs> Knock over those. Honestly, again. though, but has anybody in the audience got a dustbuster? I do. Oh, I fucking hell! I'm really not amongst my own, am I? <laughs> Ashley, what's your superpower, love? What's my superpower? I think it'd be you know when someone doesn't text back, just why? Why they don't text back? Like that drives me nuts. If I see the three dots for ages, you know the three dots in an iPhone. <laughs> Three dots, three dots, three dots, three dots, and then three dots disappear. Oh, they've changed their mind. Maybe they're doing a redraft. What's going on? So, three dots are back. Three dots, three dots, three dots, three dots. What's your superpower in that? Just paranoia, or yeah, 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 to remove paranoia. So knowing, oh God, they've been run over by a bus. I can relax. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not me. That will be. Yeah. I always think that about people who leave answer phone messages. You know that when they've got the answer phone message, it's like, if if I don't make it to the phone, it's because I'm either on another call or away from my desk and I always think there's a third option and that is that you've had both your arms cut off and you're trying to get help but (laughs) (laughs) or I don't like you yeah (laughs) I'm ignoring you Holly what's your superpower I um had an accident about um six years ago and I broke my arm and I had a metal I've basically got loads of metal in my elbow and I can predict when a um thunderstorm is about to occur (laughs) (laughs) so that you could get out of the way (laughs) yeah yeah I'm basically a conductor you're like like, a weather dial I am yeah that's amazing shortly after the lightning I'm like I think there's going to be thunder (laughs) 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 no but uh, I just know it there's going to be you wait to the thunder thank you no but I you're like like a cow because they lie down don't they yeah exactly so like a cow (laughs) (laughs) sorry I know it's not badgers I know that's not black and white though so I'll have it (laughs) what's your superpower Sarah oh uh, stationary I I, no it's (laughs) that's your kryptonite you just made me wet Uh, (laughs) thanks Uh, I think I'm good at emails so I'm good at you know if you want to send a really twatty email I'm really good at kind of polishing it so it sounds less twatty but is still really twatty. <laughs> so my husband will say, oh, I want to send an email, but it's, it's going to sound quite arsy. And I'll help him make it sound a lot better. And also I've got a trick, which is a good trick if you, if you sometimes send arsy emails, is that you don't put the uh, address in of the person you're sending it to until you're happy with the email. Always. Isn't that a good tip? Yeah. Great tip. So you write the whole thing, you read it, you ring a couple of people, you check that it's not too arsy, and then you put it in, because it's so easy to start at the top when you just put the address in, and then you write the email, and you accidentally send it when you're still taking out the fox and putting bloodies in. When I go through my drafts, I I then have to take loads of stuff back, because I've been going, why the fuck didn't they get back to me? Lazy fucking butt. Oh, I didn't press send. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's another tip, is make sure you press send. Should we do a quick plug round? Yeah. If anybody has anything to plug, uh, Holly, what do you have to plug? I have a gig that's starting in September that I do every other week and uh, I've been running it for years and it's in New Cross in South London and it's called Happy Mondays and it is five quid and it's really cheap to go and it's just really about sort of having an independent club for comics to try stuff out and audiences who are really sweet. And you've got, haven't you got a sitcom? I do, yeah. I've got a sick. Um, well, me and a bunch of other people have a sitcom. We'll mention it. Called Motherland. That's we're filming at the, the moment. Did you see the pilot of Motherland? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the Churchill dog is in. <laughs> oh yes, I love Motherland. <laughs> <laughs> Great to have you here, sir. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, brilliant. she liked it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's it was good. brilliant. It was. When, when do we think it's coming? I'm out? not sure. Okay. So that's what's so, this space. But it's it's we're filming it at the, at the moment. moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very exciting. Very exciting. Thank you, Ashley. What do you have to plug? Uh, I'm doing Happy Mondays gig with Holly. <laughs> in, when are we doing the gig together? A few weeks. In a few weeks' time, I think. So that'll be fun. And then Taskmaster will be out in the in the autumn. That's on. The Love Yoo-hoo. Taskmaster. That's one. And that's myself, Nish Kumar. Um, Sally Phillips, Bob Mortimer, and Mark Watson on that one. Nice. That'll be lots of fun, I think. But yeah, I think that's it, maybe. Thanks. No Kate. problem. No plugs. But I am Ooh. hoping to appear at Happy Monday. Yeah, please. <laughs> I'm looking for you you forward to your 40 minute set on dust busting. <laughs> <laughs> With a listen, we don't live far from each other. We Come don't. and check it out. I Seriously, am. it's a beaut. <laughs> what you're a dustbuster? Yeah, yeah great. I will. We're all laughing now. Could you, you know what I am? Yeah, yeah. 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 What's the deal with dustbusters? Blah! 
I, could I have come over as more dull? No, really? no, because no, you. I tell you why you can't. Because you opened on that incredible STD clinic. There so. you go. You started on STDs and ended I've got on more, dust busting. I've got more where that came from. <laughs> oh, more STDs. Yeah. That's, that's why the guy kept going back Do you back know in. what, though? After that job, I just thought, I can't stand this. I can't, I can't hack it. So I got another job, another kind of summer job, and I, I was in charge of vending machines that shell oil. <laughs> oh and that's God. a true story. That was, that was really dull. You, aren't you on the radio? <laughs> I am. I'm on Radio 2, yes. So, yes. Do, yeah, do give us a while. I'm always on Listen Again if you can't, you know, find me in the moment. What time is your radio show at? Uh, um, so it's next Saturday, uh, three till six. Three till six. Three till six. And um, are you, do you want to mention your... I want to have a website and it's, and I literally sweat blood and tears for it. So please do pay us a visit. It's called tbscene.com. Um, and it's me and a load of like-minded women. Um, so yeah, come, come pay us a visit. Yeah, nice. dot com. Hannah? Um, well... Uh, our podcasts yes um, which you can find on iTunes or Podomatic this one will be up in a couple of weeks I would yeah. imagine so because as well as the live ones we do also do a podcast that is the magazine in a podcast, in a podcast form, form but the other three weeks so we are which weekly. another one will appear on Wednesday morning and we've got loads of shows yes um, September sold out September is sold out um, we have one in October we have uh, yeah in fact go to the website either yeah. our, Sarah's website um, sarahmedican.co.uk or the website of this Lest, theatre yeah Leicester Square Theatre um, website uh, we, so we're doing all the way through until May now I think I don't think they're all up on the site no. but we are doing one a month so if you've had a nice time tonight please come to another one and if uh, you find yourself in Edinburgh we are up oh in yeah. Edinburgh doing we have four shows up fringe. there two, two stand up shows and two in conversation events indeed and I am on tour from uh, January until December <laughs> so Ooh. if you see me I might be crying or eating chips <laughs> uh, <laughs> or both or both uh, and I have a book out uh, my autobiography is out on October the 5th and I will be doing I think some book events around that time as well should you want me to read a bit aloud for you <laughs> if you're like I can't be asked to read the first chapter on my own come along and I will read it to you <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've been such an incredible audience thank you so much for coming tonight we hope you've had a lovely time uh, please join me in thanking our fabulous guests Ashlyn B, Kate Thornton, Polly Walsh Hannah Dunleavy and I've been Sarah Milligan thank you very much, good night you've been listening to Studded Issue in conversation with Ashlyn B, Holly Walsh Kate Thornton, Hannah Dunleavy and me Sarah Milliken, recorded live at Leicester Square Theatre in London the theme music and stings were composed and recorded by Barry Hilton, All Rights Reserved. Thanks to Maddie and Richard for all tech things, to Jen Offord for organising the event, to all at Leicester Square Theatre in London, and to Ashland, Holly and Kate. All of our podcasts are available on iTunes and Podomatic. Bye-bye. Standard Issue for All Women.